Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Hey, Tea Sippers. Thank you guys once again for joining me child a bunch of stuff has happened in like the past 48 hours and it's been crazy because i swear everything that i said in my podcast two days ago has literally come to fruition and um so i have a special guest with me here i have emily she's back with us hey everybody (laughs) so emily was one of the first ones to hit me up and she was basically letting me know That after I was talking about the infrastructure and the bridges, you know, collapsing and things that happened in the Twin Cities, the bridge in her city, um, because she's in Tennessee, the I-40 bridge was shut down. And it's causing, I mean, just major delays in traffic as of last night. So, Emily, if you want to kind of explain what all happened down there in Tennessee. Um, well, so I usually try to don't watch the news that much, but just after listening to your podcast, I was like, you know what, let me watch the local news tonight and see what's, you know, going on in my city. And I, uh, noticed that that was the first thing that was like the breaking news, you know, subject or whatever was how the, the bridge was shut down. And I was like, oh my God, that is a very heavily traveled bridge. That's what everybody, there's a lot of truckers that ship a lot of goods that take that, uh, that take that way. Pretty much that's how you get in and out of Arkansas, how you get across the Mississippi river into Tennessee. Um, so whenever I saw that that bridge was shut down, I was like, oh my God, I can't even imagine how bad traffic is and how people who are commuting from Arkansas to Memphis are like, what are they even doing? Like they're probably gonna have to get a motel. Yeah. And I didn't know it was that bad until I went to research and I was playing news clips from like Tennessee on Instagram on in discord. And it was just crazy. So what I want to do is go ahead and play the news clip for you guys here. So you guys can see how much of a major disruption this was and still is. So y'all go ahead and check this out. Breaking at 10, a rare sight on the Interstate 40 bridge. Totally empty tonight as crews wait to inspect a serious crack found today on the bridge. Good evening. I'm Kanji Anthony. And I'm Joe Birch. That emergency shutdown still having ripple effects all across the Mid-South. WMC Action News 5's Janice Proach joins us live downtown with the problems it's already causing. Janice. Well, Joe, the lights, as you can see on the I-40 bridge, they are working, even though that bridge across the Mississippi River has been shut down for almost eight hours. Inspectors shut it down because a crack was found in a, a strut on the bridge. Now, police have all the entrances blocked, so you can't get on this bridge on either side. Uh, there is, of course, another bridge just south of here, the I-55 bridge. But because of the overflow, there's a backup. Try to go to work. Yes, ma'am. But it's taking drivers who want to cross the I-55 bridge in either direction a long time to do it with traffic backed up. Oh, about 45 minutes. I didn't try to work from Danny Thomas over this way to try to beat it and then beat it. Still in it. It started at 2.30 when both lanes of the I-40 bridge were shut down after a routine inspection spotted a crack on the bottom side of the bridge truss. When they noticed the um, crack in the structure, uh, they actually, the inspector, 
called 911, worked with local authorities there in Memphis, is my understanding, to get it shut down. On the Tennessee side, Memphis police blocked entrances to the bridge that spans the Mississippi River. It is creating headaches for truckers as well because of the backup on the I-55 bridge that is handling the overflow. Mike DeGraff and Reed, who is piloting a wide load heading to Pennsylvania, came to Memphis to eat. When we came across, it was fine. When I went back, it was, uh, they had shut this part of it down westbound and so i went the other direction and came back tried to come back east because my truck is stuck up that way and uh, they wouldn't let us they wouldn't let us on had to send us back across the other small bridge south of us on 55. the graph and reed isn't going anywhere i'm gonna go get a motel and relax for the night and try again in the morning there's no word yet on what might have caused the crack that caused the massive traffic mess. Drones are being used to determine the extent of the damage to keep personnel and equipment off the bridge. It's going to be kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Now, inspectors do not know when the I-40 bridge will reopen. It could be tomorrow or it could be as long as a week. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of discussion going on. This is an important bridge. It is a long bridge and it's a long drop down to the Mississippi River. Okay, so now today's a whole new day. Do you have any updates? Is it still shut down? Because the thing is, from what somebody else was, they left a comment on my Instagram because I'm using my backup Instagram page for y'all who are wondering. Um, so certain things I'll post on there to inform people. But somebody else from Tennessee was saying that that's a new bridge for y'all. Yeah, it is because there's the old bridge and there's the new bridge. Um, now, as far as like when they say new, like obviously it's not brand spanking new. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, there, there's the new bridge and the old bridge. And the new bridge has all the pretty lights on it. Like, it's that, like, picturesque scene in Memphis or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that is the new bridge. And I don't know if you got the, the picture that I sent you, but they had been doing inspections. This is the new bridge, not the old bridge, but all the way back since 2011. And mm. the ratings have always, like, the sufficiency rating, I think the highest score that they got, which was in 2017, was 58. And um, the lowest was 32 in 2013. But that's the inspection rating. I don't, like, I don't want to go across a bridge with the Mississippi River under me when the efficiency rating is only 32. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, even on the news, you know, they were trying to, I guess, kind of joke like, yeah, because if the bridge goes, it's a long way down into the Hell Mississippi. Yeah. Like, which, no, don't joke like that. Yeah. Like, this really happened in the Twin Cities where several Minnesotans died and fell into the Mississippi River because of the I 35 bridge. I know. I was like, why she got to say it's a long drop? Bitch, we know it's a long drop. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, and so it's very scary. And that's what shocked me because I didn't know this was a newer bridge compared mm -hmm. to the old bridge you guys have. So if this is a newer bridge and it's having all these issues and they're finding cracks in the structure. Imagine older bridges in cities like the Golden State Bridge. Like, And what was so funny, because I had even forgot people reminding me that a year ago on live stream, I was reminding people stay away from bridges, be very cautious. Because a lot of this infrastructure is really crumbling and all they're doing is putting Band-Aids on it because it's very expensive to build a brand new bridge. And these parts are expensive. And right now, with the shortage of steel, how are they going to fix this? 
Because right now the steel industry is backed up in certain areas, just like the lumber. You know how lumber has gone up and we have a lumber shortage. There's also a huge steel shortage. So how do they plan on bandaging this up to fix it where people can drive safely across this bridge? Because from what I saw and what I was researching, if you're not able to go across that bridge, you're literally having to go almost an hour out your way. Yeah. Um, well, as I checked this morning and it, from what just the, the quick, you know, Google that I did, it said that now the bridge, I, like I said, I don't know if this is, I just Googled it again and it's saying that it is closed indefinitely right now. Are you serious? Yeah, it says the I-40 bridge, also known as the M-Bridge, has been shut down indefinitely. A TDOT spokesperson confirmed to Fox 13 the bridge will be closed indefinitely. And then, you know, it gives a little wow. bit more detail. So I don't know. I'm supposed to be going to Arkansas to my nephew's graduation. And I'm like, how the hell are we even going to get up? I mean, I know there's other ways, but that's the main bridge from Arkansas to Memphis. Now, there is the old bridge. But, hell, if the if the new bridge is that bad, I don't think I want to go across the old bridge. That bridge has always given me anxiety, though. Wow. And this is, again, like I said, it's something about this energy in 2021 that's really unnerving because we're dealing with supply chain issues, right? Mm -hmm. So we already have a shortage in gas, shortage in, in drivers, labor shortage. So now if that bridge is closing definitely for Lord knows how long, it's going to take twice as long for you all in your city to get supplies, Right. Because that bridge, like uh, you had said, and like I had said, that is a, there's a lot of truckers that go through that bridge. I think even um, in the news segments, they had interviewed a lot of truckers. They use that bridge to get back and forth and export goods um, and all kind of shit, you know, from Memphis to Arkansas. And, and that's also just a big highway. Mm hmm. So that bridge connects it. That's the whole Mississippi River right there. So that's going to cause a shortage, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very frightening. And I don't, you know, and it was so crazy because that wasn't the podcast I was going to do that day. Anisha had wanted to do a podcast about Jocelyn Hernandez because she was trending again for some bullshit. <laughs> that coffin. <laughs> yeah, the coughing thing. And something was like, and as I'm researching and I'm trying to pull clips, something was like, this is not the podcast that you need to do. You need to do a serious podcast. There's a lot of shortages going on. And I literally stopped everything I was doing with the whole Jocelyn podcast and just started really researching everything that was a shortage, you know, that that had a shortage on it. And then everything that was going on in the, you know, in the technical infrastructure, you know, because everything's so digitalized and that whole pipeline thing just didn't sit well with me. And now what we're finding out is that we're learning that more and more businesses are really being attacked with this ransomware. And a lot of this stuff has been happening for years, but they keep it hush-hush. One, they don't want to invite copycats to then try and do ransomware attacks. So they keep it hush-hush and they pay out these hackers. The problem is because of COVID, because everything's shut down, people are desperate for money. So whereas, let's say, three, four years ago, when these ransom attacks would happen, they may only ask for five, ten thousand, twenty thousand. So, you know, for a major business, OK, fine, pay them their 20 grand, get them out our hair. Well, now what's going on is that these ransomware attack people in Russia and in these other countries, they've gotten emboldened. So now the ransom has gone up from maybe twenty thousand three years ago 
To now, if you guys do not know, the DC Police Department is dealing with ransomware. And they've been held ransom now since April. But they hadn't said anything. They were keeping it hush-hush. But now that the pipeline is dealing with their own ransom attack, they decided to be honest about what they're dealing with. They offered these attackers, they offered them a hundred grand. They told them flat out, no, that's not enough money. We want $4 million. DC said, we're not paying y'all $4 million. They started leaking personal information of several police officers on that force. They're leaking the information. They're threatening them. So that way criminals may come to these police officers' homes. Two weeks after a cyber assault from the Russian-speaking hackers known as Babook, WUSA 9 learned exclusively more MPD officers are being told some of their confidential information is compromised. An alert today reads, quote, it was determined that your background investigation was included in the hack. That note sent to officers across the force. Nothing surprises me anymore, and I certainly wouldn't say that they have any more gusto than other groups. Brett Callow is a threat analyst with extensive knowledge of Babook. WUSA 9 uncovered late yesterday the group said it was negotiating a ransom payment for the hacked files, but Babook said MPD's offer wasn't good enough. Today, we learned the hackers want $4 million. It could be that the negotiations genuinely failed, or it could be the case that the police department never acted in good faith in the negotiations, and they were simply trying to by time to work out the extent of the damage. The fear is that officer names, addresses, and other data could end up in the hands of criminals, putting officers' lives at risk. Babook says it's now published 22 MPD employee dossiers, and it's not known how many more they have. MPD is declining to comment on the ransom and its negotiations. So far, no informant data has been leaked, something the hackers are still threatening to do. So this is very scary. What do you think about all of this, Emily? It's it. Well, one, it makes me think, Okay, if they can hack into a police department and, you know, so easily and release all their information, how how are they, you know, how easy is it for them to leak in or hack into a hospital and get all kind of people's medical information? Or how easy is it for them to hack into a bank and get everybody's banking information? Or just hack into, like, didn't Cash App get hacked or something? I mean, there's, it, it seems like a police department would have a pretty tight infrastructure um, as far as, like, all the, you know, I guess IT stuff or whatever. I don't know the, the correct word to use for it. But if they're able to do that, I mean, shit, are they going to hack into my bank and get my little bit of money? You know, is SunTrust going to get shut down for a minute and we don't have access to our funds to, like, pay our bills and stuff? Or the lighting company, you know, and then cut the power off. It's scary. Yeah, it really is. And the thing, like, I was explaining to, because I was talking to you, I was talking to RG, Umberton, Rejoice, and Marinelle in the DMs. And one of the things that I learned years ago about, like, you know, these attacks, a lot of them, they start on the dark web. And so one thing is that technology is moving so fast, but the bad guys are always five steps ahead. Absolutely. So a lot of the stuff that they've been doing and plotting, they was they were doing this shit, plotting this three years ago. They're just now able to implement it because they have to sit and wait for vulnerabilities in the system. So today's show sponsor is eweelife.com. I've tried a lot of different omega-3 supplements, and I have to say that eWe is one of the best I've ever used. 
Their secret is algae, and it's on a whole nother level compared to plain fish oil. Fish and krill get their omega-3s by consuming algae. That makes algae the original and best source of omega-3s. With iwi, you skip the middle fish altogether. Now, you know the old saying that oil and water don't mix. With iwi's form of algae, it leads to 50% more absorption than fish, krill, and other algae oils. It is the world's highest absorption of any omega-3s, so don't be fooled by imitators. Not all algae is created equal. Iwi's patented formula goes straight into your bloodstream for more absorption and more health benefits. So give Iwi a try and you're going to love it as much as I do. That's why I have arranged for all my listeners to get this amazing offer. You can only get it here for a limited time. You can save 30% off of your purchase by going to iwilife.com slash slow. Use promo code SIPSLOW at checkout and be sure to watch a really cool video that shows how iwi is better absorbed by our bodies. Once again, that's I-W-I-L-I-F-E dot com slash SIPSLOW. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So make sure you guys check them out when you get a chance. So even though they might have had a tight... Um, you know, everything tight technically at one point, they'll sit and wait until there's a until they get some type of alert, until they get some type of notice that there's a vulnerability, and then that's when they pounce. And once they pounce and they get into those systems, there's no way to get them back. Because at this point, they're more technical savvy than the police department, than even some in the FBI. Because these are criminal organizations, you know, and it's very frightening when you think about it, because right now, America is suffering already financially. You know, that that lockdown last year put a lot of nations behind. Mm -hmm. So a lot of businesses, they don't have the money to give. Many hospitals, um, if you go and read some of the comments on that podcast that I did, a lot of people who work in hospitals, their hospitals had been attacked by ransomware. So it's happened. So in order for people's information not to get out, the hospitals have paid the ransom. But the problem is right now, companies, they don't have this extra money. Who the hell just has $4 million sitting around? Yeah. You know, and especially when people are screaming defund the police and everything else, they don't have the funds to pay this ransomware. So it's very frightening. And there was even a situation I was dealing with this morning where our internet was out, you know, like there was like a huge internet shortage. And I was telling that to you guys. And it really made me think like, what happens if one of these ransomware people end up attacking Comcast or Xfinity and it affects us, you know, it affects like residential people, you know, people's homes. We use the internet for everything. That is our infrastructure. So imagine if the cable companies got hacked and they weren't able to pay the ransom. You're not going to be able to jump on Instagram. You're not able to check your online banking. It can like something like that can literally bring a country to their knees. So this is really frightening. Yeah, it is. It, it's really scary. And I noticed um, just maybe it's been going on for a while, but I don't know. I just recently noticed whenever, you know, I'm on YouTube watching my videos and stuff like that, um, how there was a uh, they I keep seeing ads for the visa Bitcoin credit card. Yep, I keep getting them too. And I'm like, okay, so this really is the whole, you know, idea of a cashless society. That agenda really is being pushed. And in situations like this, it's like, okay, well, if I have cash on me, 
that kind of makes me feel a little bit more comfortable with all these hackers and stuff. But since this agenda keeps getting pushed to, oh, no, you don't need cash on you, cashless society, these hackers have so much, um, I guess, shit to hack. Yeah. And that's another thing. Um, One thing we've always learned in the prepping community is that you want to have cash on you. You want to have gold. You want to have silver because when things hit the fan, all of our money, for the most part, yes, we have physical money, but a lot of stuff is digitalized, right? So if, if if shit hits the fan, if the grid gets hit, everything is shut down. I cannot cash app you 50 bucks, Emily, for a package of meat. Right. There's no infrastructure for that. So at that point, you're going to need to have physical money. You're going to need to have something to trade and borrow with people, you know, so them pushing that it's dangerous because, again, our systems are so vulnerable. Do you want to have all your money be digitalized if you're not going to be able to access it in the future? If something happens. Remember a few months ago when the banking system, I believe it was a hack, but they were trying to downplay it. Remember when all the banks went down mm-hmm. and like literally nobody was talking about it except for like discord. And I ended up speaking on it on the podcast, but yep. literally like the whole banking system went down until this day. There's no clear cut answer to what happened. I remember talking to my banker and she was like, yeah, it was just temporary. You know, we were kind of confused as to what was going on, but she couldn't give me any details as to what caused the entire banking system to just go offline. I mean, that was scary. Yeah. And it also, uh, I've noticed just going to, you know, like little stores and stuff like that, like the little local dollar stores and stuff like that. There's like a million of them in the South. There's one on every corner. But if people notice when you go in, I've noticed recently when I go in, there's so many times and luckily I usually keep cash on me, but there it's cash only, cash only. I've went to the gas station, the local dollar stores. Um, I think it's even happened at Walmart before where it's weird because it's like, oh, we're only accepting cash right now because there's systems are messed up like mm-hmm. it's that easy to where you can't even go to the grocery store and pay for your food because you know oh our machines are down right now and i'm not saying that's like a hack or anything but there's been a lot of times where you will be put in a situation where if you ain't got cash on you you can't buy your food you can't buy your gas yeah. and then not to mention the lines of folks right now lining up around the damn building to get gas yeah it's crazy and again that takes me back to february You know, when the banking system crashed for that little bit of time, that was due to the Federal Reserve. Um, They had suffered, quote unquote, a rare outage. But looking at all this stuff that's going on now with the pipeline being hacked and the police department, I think it might have been a test. It might have been a small hack to let them know that we can bring you down to your knees. And who knows if they paid people off or what happened. But it's not normal for the Federal Reserve to just go dark, you know. And remember, people were saying they were in line trying to buy food, trying to use their debit cards, and they couldn't do it. And nobody knew what was going on at the time. And then people started getting alerts saying that the Federal Reserve was down. So that just lets you know how we're so tied into this this digitalized system that if it goes down, you cannot purchase food. You cannot purchase gas. Yeah. And I think also, you know, especially in America, we have been 
kind of indoctrinated, I guess, to just think, oh, um, America has the best military in the world. You know, we're good. We got the best military in the world. Like, folks don't come for us because we don't play. We got the best military. But like you had said several times and several different lives, podcasts, things like that, that the next war that we have, which is probably, you know, I'm not saying it's coming around soon. I'm not trying to speak that into existence. But mm-hmm. wars do happen. I I wholeheartedly agree with you. It's not going to be like Game of Thrones or you know World War Two, where people are on the battlefield and shit. It's going to be a uh, like digital, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a digital war. It's going to be about technology, you know. And the difference is a lot of these other countries like China, Russia, India, they have been training their youth and their young people to know about computer, computer systems, coding, IT. Those are the career paths that they've been pushing their children towards for generations now, you know, since the whole, you know, since we've gotten computers and all that stuff. That's why some of the best coders in the world come from India. Right. You know, some of the most technically savvy people come from Russia and China because that is where they put their focus in over the past 20 years. Whereas unfortunately in America, it's all about TikTok and entertainment and looking pretty for the gram. Like we're right. not raising our children to be technically savvy and to get into those particular career fields. Because again, everybody just wants to, you know, go the easy path and, you know, hope they can win the, the lottery or even the TikTok lottery of being viral and, and getting sponsorship deals. You know, so that's why these other countries are so far ahead in technology that they really can end up being a superpower by punking the U.S. because they're right. so much more advanced. Like they were saying in that one news article um, that I had posted that they're literally taking freelancers and training them to be hackers. It's crazy. That is crazy. And like I said, we've been indoctrinated to think that we have the best military in the world, but we don't know as far as like, I guess, like the coding on the IT side, we don't, like you said, all these other countries are so far ahead of us. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. Yeah. Maybe as far as like, uh, I don't really know a lot about the military to be honest, but I don't think we're as great and as advanced as we've been made to think, especially when it comes to this, this whole, um, I I guess, what what would it be called? Like the digital side of it? Mm -hmm. Right. No. and, And that's the part that's just really frightening is that not only do you have people who are better than us, you know, digitally and, you know, technology wise, but now they're doing this stuff for like nefarious reasons. You know, they can literally bankrupt us because of basically taking over things. Oh, am I hearing an echo? Hold on. I mean, they can literally bankrupt us by taking over the systems. And not allowing us to get it back until we pay that ransom. So it's a lot of really frightening things going on right now on top of these shortages. Now, today, if you guys do not know, it's been announced that Chick-fil-A is also experiencing an industry-wide shortage of sauce. Oh, <laughs> hell. Yeah, it's crazy as that sounds. Do you guys know there's also a ketchup shortage? Ketchup packages right now are selling for upwards of $5 on eBay. Jesus People Christ. are hoarding ketchup packages and selling them on eBay. You know, the things that we don't think about that's a big deal. Even when I went to the my favorite Chinese restaurant, I had noticed like every time I asked for chopsticks, they don't have them. 
So I finally asked, I said, well, I've come here, you know, a few times in the past, you know, two months and you guys never had chopsticks anymore. She said, there's no more wood to make the chopsticks right now. So there's even a supply chain kink in the chopsticks. Wow. Oh so, yeah. It's, it's really getting that crazy. And um, me and RG were talking and she was saying that she wonders if some of this is being done purposely. You know, I was to the southern area because of all the drama with Trump and the, the red states. Because remember, Texas also got hit with that cold freeze out the blue. Do you think, you know, what do you think about that being that you're in the south? Well, you know, I, I was actually going to say that because I was uh, just having a discussion about that the other day. And it was like, you notice, OK, just for the toilet paper thing, just for an example, whenever mm-hmm. COVID hit, all the news was talking about, oh, there's a toilet paper shortage. There's a toilet paper shortage. Most people didn't even know about that till they actually go out. And then it like it plants the seed in your mind. Oh, well, hell, I need to go get toilet paper then because there's a toilet paper shortage. And just like when I watch the news, oh, there's a gas shortage. They're putting all these shortages out that people didn't even know about, which is making people go out and buy it and hoard it. And then it's actually causing shortages. So I would not be surprised at all if that was some type of, um, if there was more, if the rabbit hole went a lot deeper than what we're, you know, expecting or what we're seeing on surface level. Because with me, you know, I, a lot of information that I get is usually from like your podcast or discord, things like that. Um, that you don't even notice until people bring to your attention. But I have noticed a lot of like the inflation, the food going up. I've noticed when I go to like a fast food restaurant or something, you know, they're like some of your favorite, you know, foods, blah, blah, blah. I think I sent you a picture the other day at Sonic, how, you know, you might not be able to order this cause we don't have it. Yeah. And yeah, that, that does, if that was to come, you know, I wouldn't be surprised for sure. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. And I think, you know, the news is definitely playing a part in the gas shortage as well. And I know that's one thing I was saying is like, please don't hoard. Please don't be greedy. Think of your neighbors. You know, there's no reason that people are being allowed to take 20 huge barrel drums to the gas station and just fill up. That's sickening. So I'm going to go ahead and play this news clip here because CNN is talking about it and it's gotten really, really bad as far as the gas shortage. So I'm going to go ahead and play that right now. Pipeline still remains largely shut off this morning after an attack by a cyber gang. States of emergency now declared in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina and Virginia. Officials trying to keep the fuel supply up and prices down while a growing number of gas stations across the region are shut down entirely. Anxious drivers racing to fuel up their tanks. The panic buying, of course, only makes it worse. And officials in several states are saying to motorists, do not top off the tank. The attack on that colonial pipeline with stretches from Texas to New Jersey also also leaving air travel vulnerable. Some airlines are having to tanker truck in jet fuel. American Airlines has had to reroute two long haul flights for refueling. Yeah, meantime, the transportation department is allowing overweight fuel loads on trucks. And an EPA rule is also waiving certain air quality standards for 12 states in the District of Columbia, allowing certain gas supplies to be combined now. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm is pleading with Americans, do not hoard gas. But that has hasn't worked, at least so far. CNN's Pete Montine is in Fairfax, Virginia for us. Christine, Laura, the latest issue caused by this colonial pipeline hack is really panic at the pump, even though the White House insists there are no reports of widespread fuel shortages. 
people are still buying up gas fast. Gas Buddy says demand for gas surged 40% in five states from Florida to Virginia. That was on Monday alone. The lines have been real long. People caught in saying there's no gas, get gas. People with gas cans out here not knowing what's going on. Nobody never like let us know to, uh, to get ready for what's going on. It just hit us all of a sudden, like the pandemic did. So everybody's in the frenzy. The lines have been pretty long. I've been waiting here about 10 minutes, and a lot of the pumps are closed. And uh, I'm actually I'm trying to drive home this weekend, so I'm trying to fill up and my lights on. So I might have to change those plans and. Yeah, might not, might not make it home. We don't have no more. Like, the last time we was at 3,000 gallons, we don't have no gallons. They're empty. This all means the price of a gallon of gas is going up. The national average, according to AAA, now $2.98. It's gone up $0.07 cents in seven days. This is the highest gas has been in six years. It's really a big problem for travel industry experts who say that this could have been the summer of the road trip. It comes at a really bad time and a bit of a perfect storm because the trucking industry is also having a hard time finding tanker truck drivers to get gas from one place to another. But All right. So that is just really sad. It's almost like we are living in a movie, but it's not a movie. It's like everything is playing out before our eyes. And this is really causing a domino effect because, again, when you think about it, with the gas shortage, the panic buying, it's going to be affecting the fuel that we use for planes because planes also deliver goods. But then the trucks, the trucking industry that's already being affected. So this is all going to trickle down to where it's going to be hard for us to get food and needed supplies because if there's no gas, there's no one to drive the trucks, you know what I'm saying, to bring us the supplies. So this is going to have a big trickle down effect, especially in the southeast and, you know, the eastern um, seaboard area. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, in Memphis, like I was uh, telling you before, we have a, a huge FedEx hub and they ship or fly, I guess, ship by air, you know, several goods and things like that. So if they don't have the fuel to go in the planes, that's just going to cause more shortages. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And you know, people are saying that this is maybe being done to push people to go get electric cars and the whole Green New Deal and all that stuff. And that's fine if people want to think that, you know, that they're free to think that. But at the end of the day, what is the solution? And it seems like nobody, not the government, has any real solutions. It's just like, oh, don't panic buy. Oh, you know, don't buy up all the gas. But it's very frightening because, again, just like how they shut down that bridge indefinitely for now, who knows when this whole situation with the hack will be back up and running. Yeah. And there's also so much mistrust with the government and the media when they tell you, I mean, just the beginning of COVID, Oh, don't wear masks. Don't wear masks. Y'all are going and panicking and buying up all the masks and they, they don't work. They're not good. Don't do that. And then like, I don't know, right immediately they're like wear the mask wear the mask there's masks everywhere so a lot of people don't really trust the media or the government when they you know say oh don't panic or when they say do panic you you don't know what to believe you just kind of have to use your best judgment yeah yeah and even today um there's target stores they're not being shown as empty they're saying people can't find chicken wings diapers new cars they're starting to have a whole list of shortages. Um, cat food is now on the list as well. 
So like I said, especially with this whole supply chain kink and the gas lines, it's going to be even more things being shorted because they can't get the needed goods and supplies to different stores. Yeah, I had actually, um, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, she's been looking for a car and she got on one of those little true car websites, which the prices are so like inaccurate. But anyways, I was like, well, let me call them for you. And I called this little local, um, you know, car lot and I was asking about the car and he's like, well, of course those prices are completely, you know, crazy, but this is a regular, you know, used car lot where we'll just say they typically have 20 to 30 cars in inventory. He said, I have two cars right now for sale. And I was like, yes. And I'm like, what is going on with all the cars? He said, nobody, as far as like used cars right now are coming in. We're not getting any type of trade-ins. He's like, there is a shortage in vehicles right now. And I want to say the prices have went up. Like you were going to pay. I think, didn't you talk about that in your podcast? Or I'd heard the other day about just the prices of buying a car. Like you're going to spend so much more money. Right now is the worst time to buy a car. Whether it be used or brand new, you're going to end up spending way more money than you would just a year ago. Right. Like the interest rates on cars have gone down. You know, so that part is true. The interest rate is a lot cheaper, but it kind of evens itself out because the cars are becoming more expensive. Yeah, they're harder to buy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're asking a lot more for for shoddier cars, cars that have a lot of mileage on them, cars that probably might not have even been that great of cars to begin with. But like I said, nobody's trading in their old cars to get new cars. There's no trade in. I it's just crazy. I couldn't believe that a, your typical dealership that would at least have a, just your regular used car lot. And then that made me think of just that guy and his business and his financial situation. Well, how are you eating if you only have two cars to sell? And he said the person that was coming to look at the car that I had called about was driving from like four hours away. I'm like, oh, so wow. there, yeah, so there for real is a car shortage out there. So I don't know if right now is the best time to get a new car, if the prices are, you know, the interest might be lower, but they mm-hmm. might be, there might be inflation on the the prices of the car itself. Yeah. You know, and then on top of that, um, microchips for the cars are for like a lot of those newer, more electronic cars and the cars with all the gadgets, those microchips are at an all time low. And then also the chips that we have in our phones, iPads. I know Rejoice was saying that she had ordered an iPad and it's still in processing. And she ordered about a week ago and they're saying they don't know when she'll get her iPad just because the supply right now is so high. But there's certain critical parts that are missing that they don't have access to because of the shortage. Yeah, it's also, I guess kind of like with the whole lumber situation, how during the shutdown, everybody, you know, was doing um, renovations and add-ons and things like that. It's the same thing with, um, you know, like your uh, Nintendo Switch, uh, Xbox, things like that. It's hard to even find electronic devices, let alone the chips for them right now, because so many kids were stuck in the house or stuck at home during the pandemic. So right now it's hard just to find like it, not a new Xbox, just an, an old ass Xbox. We were looking for one for my son um, you can't find one anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's so it's going to be very interesting to see like, you know, what ends up happening over the next week or so and how all of these disruptions really affect us, you know, as far as food and gas and things like that. And so what I would say to everybody listening to the podcast, especially to the discorders, um, 
definitely make sure you stock up. You know, if there's items that you need, don't hoard and don't go crazy. But if there's things that you need, now is the time to stock up. Um, even for me, like my house is such in limbo right now because we're still on the verge of moving. So any extra stuff that we need, I've just been putting it in the garage and just holding it in there until we can get moved out. But yeah, it's very frightening to see where everything's going to be in the next few weeks because these were major things that have hit the U.S. like literally back to back to back, you know, worker shortages, food shortages, the hacks. <laughs> you know, now gas shortages. So it's just one thing being compiled on top of another. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this summer plays out. Yeah. And they also, um, speaking of a lot of Southern state, states too, and the job shortages, uh, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you do, but like a lot of the extra, like the federal funding they were giving to people on unemployment, mm-hmm. a lot of the Southern states, they had just cut that off. So like say in Mississippi, for an example, um, the max you can get in Mississippi in unemployment, I don't care if you're making $100,000 a year, the max you will get is 236 a week, which I don't know who the hell can live off of 236 a week, but um, that's the max. And then they were, you know, sending the extra federal money in unemployment. Originally, it was like an extra 600 just to help people out. And then, you know, I think they it was like three. So people were getting a little bit more. Um, now in Mississippi, you were getting say five thirty six. A lot of places like Arkansas, I think the max there is like five. But anyways, a lot of southern states they have just cut that extra federal money off. So mm-hmm. now these people that were using that money to survive because they're on unemployment, they're fucked. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. You do see now hiring signs everywhere. But like I've said with people, if you're an engineer, you're not going to want a job at Target stocking shelves. Right. right. So so there's about to be, I think, uh, even bigger crisis just because a lot of what money, you know, Target might need a couple of extra people to work because there's more people there spending money because they might be getting a little bit more than they're used to on unemployment. But I think once everybody gets hit and they're having to survive on the bare minimum, I think it's going to make situations way, way worse. Yeah. And another thing I want to hit on before we go, um, because somebody had posted this in Discord, which was very interesting. Um, It was J-Rock. So she was saying yesterday, well, friends, the PPP loan list has hit my neck of the woods in Amarillo, Texas. It is a mess. T hit the nail on the head. People in my town are literally blasting folks and getting ready to turn in their own families. Fake businesses, inflated numbers. It's a travesty. These folks are going to jail and the damn list has their names and addresses of these folks. Lord, I'm just going to pray that this is just a hot mess. So more dissension, more drama. Because remember, I've been talking about that, that they got themselves into this mess with this whole PPP thing. And just approving any and everybody. And now don't you guys find it funny that these same government agencies are now putting the list of everybody in your town and city who applied for PPP, their first and last name, address, and everything else. So again, creating a more volatile environment for people. Because now the PPP loan information is not private. It is public. And people are blasting each other, turning on each other. You know, they're finding out that their own sibling got a, you know, $50,000 loan and been quiet this whole time or just been flossing their stuff. And now they're understanding where they got the money from. So this is creating some more divide in many cities around the nation. 
like I said before, the little girl who got killed in Chicago, that is how her father was discovered because he was doing PPP scams and his name was on that list. So that's how they were able to find him and stock him to that McDonald's and shoot up that car where that, you know, unfortunately, Jaslyn was, you know, got killed. So it, it's getting real out here with all this stuff that's going on. So with them doing that, with them posting all this information, are they just posting people who just got the loan in general or are they posting the people who were committing fraud? No, this is for people who got the loan in general, but they know what they're doing because they know a majority of the people who got the loan were committing fraud. And this is another thing I want to warn people about because people think this is a joke and I understand that folks are still being accosted to apply for PPP. Understand that if you are receiving any government benefits, welfare, food stamps, section eight, and you got a PPP loan for, I don't care if it was for 5,000 or a hundred thousand, you committed fraud in two ways, not only with the PPP loan, but you didn't tell your worker that you were applying for PPP. Section eight doesn't know, uh, the food stamp folks don't know, but all of these systems talk together because they have been putting a lot of these computer systems on the same frequency for the past few years. Because when we were growing up, there was a big issue with people going from state to state applying for welfare. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, food stamps too. Right, and, and food stamps. So you'd have people applying for food stamps in Minnesota, then they drive down to Detroit, they go to Chicago, and they'd get food stamps from several different places. That was in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So over the past 10 years, they've been creating a network where all of these social services, government agencies talk to each other. So if you go and you're trying to apply for food stamps or, you know, some type of welfare, um, Medicaid and things like that in, let's say, Minnesota, then you try and do the same thing in Chicago, you will be flagged. So what's going to happen is that they're putting out these lists. Best believe your worker, your Section 8 person, your food stamp person, they are also being sent this list. When you applied for those loans, you gave Pookie and Ray Ray your real information, your name, your social. The people who did the application for you, they're long gone. Okay. So a lot of them are going to leave you holding the bag. They got their little $2,000 out the cut. They've moved on to the next so-called victim. Y'all aren't really victims because you knew you didn't have a fucking business when you applied. So I can't consider all these folks business. I mean, excuse me, victims. So they're going to be looking at all this. If you are found out to be on that PPP list, you will be kicked off of any of your benefits. And if they end up giving you a felony, that's also going to affect you from being able to vote. So this goes very deep. This goes very deep. And that's why I was saying last summer when folks were getting mad at me and calling me a hater, I don't have anything to be jealous or hating on anybody about. I want folks to get money and hustle and grind, but do it the right way so you can sleep well at night. Because what's going to happen now is that these agencies are speaking to each other. People are not only getting popped for PPP, they're getting felonies. They're looking at jail time, depending on how much they did. And the people who put in the information, most of them have gotten away. So you're going to be left holding that bag. And the problem is now it's going to really affect you because think about it. Most of the people who got their money, they spent it last summer on frivolous shit. A lot of people didn't save the money or use it for something tangible or actually even build a business. So unless you have that 10 grand to pay back, which most people don't, it's really going to affect you. So what I'm just going to say to my audience, if you're still being accosted, do not do it. 
I had people emailing me that their mothers did it, their aunts did it, their word that their moms might go to jail. I don't know what to tell you. You know, I, I don't know what to tell you, but they are going to come for their money. They are going to go through everybody who applied and they will be paying people a visit. So you may not get a visit next week, but you will in the future. The feds, they don't play about their money. Yeah, the same with uh, unemployment, too. I've noticed mm -hmm. um, when I was on unemployment, <clears throat> you can certify whenever you're on unemployment, you, you have like your certification week. And during the whole COVID shutdown, they had waived like your waiting week, your job searches, things like that. But you could certify and say maybe you did get paid that week or you did get some money or something. or You literally could go back to work and still certify and they would still give you that money. So don't think just because you're certifying and they're sending you the money that they're not going to come back and want that shit back. Cause it does come back with penalties and it does come back with um, fines and they can charge you and give you jail time. So just cause you're applying for a PPP loan and you're getting approved or you're certifying for unemployment and that money's getting into your bank account, just cause they're sending you the money doesn't mean that a couple of months later, you're not going to get a letter with them wanting that shit back. And it's going to be more than just what they gave you. They're going to add um, interest, penalties, fraud charges, all kind of shit. They are definitely watching who they're giving their money to, for sure. Right. Not, and that's why I feel like it was a setup from day one. Yeah, I do too. half the folks applying, child, we're not going to bust nobody out, but half the folks applying didn't even have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. Let's yeah. keep that real. So how right. the hell did you have a hundred? How the hell did you have a business making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year? Exactly, it makes sense. So I believe they were purposely approving these people because, again, they're always going to need the prison industrial complex to have people in there doing forced labor, making furniture, license plates, and everything else for it's pennies on the dollar. It's a yeah, it's a business and a hustle. So, yeah. you know, you got folks talking about they want to, who do they tie to to give it back? They want to cancel their loan. There's no cancellation because it showed when you submitted everything, you intended to defraud the government. Mm -hmm. So it's very scary. And a lot of people are very, very worried. But now they're putting the list out there on Facebook, on the Internet. And people are seeing names, legitimate names of family members and cousins. And it's, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. I'm hearing some wild stories. That's crazy. And I wonder if they're, you know, like they're putting this information out. Are they wanting other people who see this information to contact them to snitch on them? Like what what is the purpose of them releasing this PPP information besides to just cause chaos or to get more information on that person? I think low key, that's what it is. They want to create dissension. You know, remember a few months ago they had that snitch line. If your neighbor has more than, you know, two cars in their driveway, if they're having Thanksgiving dinners with people that shouldn't be there, call us. You know, what's so crazy, um, I had someone had sent me a video a while of, the, of a, um, what was she, uh, Austrian, she was an Austrian lady, and she was talking about whenever everything happened with Austria and Nazi Germany, and the same thing happened with the Nazis, as far as they were, they had it to where you couldn't trust your, she was talking about how you couldn't trust your neighbor. You couldn't trust your family member mm -hmm. because they would get in trouble for the smallest thing. Like say they heard you, um, you know, had, uh, 
said something bad about the government, they would come to you and they would be like, look, I'm not going to arrest you for this. And it was just random people in disguise. They're like, look, I'm not going to arrest you for this, but I need you to give me information on if you hear anything about someone doing something wrong to where there was so just mistrust in the community. Nobody could trust each other. Everybody was scared. It was just a constant state of fear and chaos. And that is what that reminds me of, the little snitch lines and posting this information and stuff like that. It's given me that whole you know, what that lady was talking about when all that happened. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And even if you go back to the Bible, remember they said that in the days at the in in end times, child will turn against parents. Yeah. Parents will turn against their children. You know, how many kids have just gone on TikTok looking for fucking viral fame and blasted their parents for being racist or blasted their parents for going to the Trump inauguration? Where when we were raised, what happened? Our household stayed in our household, period. Yeah, absolutely. Your parents may have been shitty people or this and that, but you didn't go to the internet and blast them because some of these kids have gotten their parents fired from their job. Now they can't pay their bills, you know, but it's almost, again, that whole thing of the state and the, the government controlling and being the parent for your children as opposed for you. Yeah. And that was another thing, speaking of that, that she was talking about with the schools, how they would, um, like in the public schools and things like that, they took religion out and it was all about, you know, teaching him how, you know, how wonderful Hitler was. And it was like the first hour they would just talk about him and how great he was. And they would tell them, oh, don't listen to your parents. Your parents are just old and, you know, they don't understand like the new, the new ages, the new ways of things. Um, And then the rest would be, you know, sports and they'd buy the kids motorcycles and teach the 16 year old girls, you know, to have little, you know, pure, the, uh, what was it like the pure Aryan babies? They wanted lots of, you know, Aryan, yep, babies Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so it it is, it's true. It's exactly what you said was true. The government wants to be the parents, not the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been on here exactly an hour, Emily. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today on today's podcast. I think we hit on a lot of really dope things. Um, I just hope for the most part, people are paying attention and staying vigilant but there's definitely going to be more to come. And as I get information, I'll be posting it and sharing it. But definitely, like I said, stock up, save, and um, just be aware of everything that's going on and stay away from that PPP and unemployment if you don't need it. Stay away from it because they are cracking down on people and it's not going to be a slap on the wrist and it's really going to affect you if you get yourself caught up in that. So I just want to thank you guys for joining us. Any last words? Um, you know, try to keep some cash on you if you can. I definitely would. Uh, and um, exactly what you said. If you don't need the unemployment, if you feel in your heart that you don't need it, if you're working, don't don't certify that week because trust me, they are watching. If you don't need that PPP loan, don't get it. Ain't nothing free. Nope, not at all. So on that note, we'll talk to you guys later. Deuces. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.